Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. What does it take to move you onto an entirely new trajectory and multiply your impact? What does it take to move from being, making imp- incremental improvements to making a step change? It's not about having better answers, but about having better questions. I'm Davina Stanley, and I'm here today with Richard Medclough once again with this new season, Questions to Multiply Your Impact. Hi, Richard. What have you got for us today? Hi, Dav. Yeah, it's great to be uh, back with this new season. I think it's, um, it's going to be fun because we are going to dive into questions that shift our trajectory, right? Questions that make us mm-hmm. think deeper. What I find when I work with, with senior execs is that um, they often come thinking they need an answer to a question that they're mm-hmm. wrestling with. But often they actually leave with a better question to be asking a deeper question, a question that opens possibilities. Uh, I think it was Eisenhower who said that he never solved um, a, a complex problem by breaking it smaller and decomposing it. He would always solve it by making it bigger. And I think this is an interesting way because by making a problem bigger, you start to think about what's the bigger, what's the meta level, right? What's the different way of looking at this? What's the better question I could be asking to solve that bigger level problem? And that's where the breakthroughs can lie. And so yeah, in this season, we're going to dive into some questions which will hopefully provoke our thinking, help us engage um, to shift, you know, you as the listener and, and, and hopefully us as well. well. We'll play with each other a bit on this and, and ask ourselves these same questions. Um, because when we ask those questions, new things happen, new things emerge. All right, then. Well, what is the first question then? What question have you got for us today? This question is pretty simple. What do you stand for? Oh, okay. So can you unpack that for us a bit? Sure. So what do I stand for? This is important because you can't move others until you've moved yourself. If you don't know in the core of your being what vibrates you, you know, what kind of brings you energy, what, what sets you on fire, then it's really hard to be a leader leading the charge, right? Where people are going to want to follow you and buy into kind of who you are at a deep level, right? So often we, we, we don't do that, right? We kind of play it safe. We stay a bit bland. Um, we don't really communicate what, what our core convictions are. Um, so here I'm not talking about these kind of bland statements, uh, kind of values, you know, which, which are good, but they, they, but they can be a bit generic, um, uh, what I'm really looking for is something which you're going to suffer for. So what will you suffer for? What would you st- what, what is so important to you that you will stand by that, uh, even if it becomes a competitive disadvantage, even if it causes you some personal pain, right? even if it is a cost. Mm-hmm. So um, 
Yeah, for example, you know, a lot of us might say, you know, honesty is a value, right? Which is good. Although I don't have to push you, well, if honesty is a value, like, will you remain honest even if, you know, your, your, your wife says, does my bum look big in this, <laughs> right? Or whatever. In other words, like, <laughs> um, yeah, so in other words, yeah, you might say, well, yeah, I, you know, I'm so committed to being completely honest that I will be, you know, I will sacrifice my pleasant evening with my family, you know, in service of honesty, and perhaps some of us won't go that far. So honesty is a value, but it might not be the thing that we completely stand for at that deeper level. Because you might say, well, there's other things which might come in, right? So these, what we're trying to get to are these, you know, fundamental convictions. So let me give you a, mm-hmm. an example about how we get there. Mm-hmm. So I would say, mm-hmm. dig into your story. Dig into your story. So an example I can tell you about a client of mine. He, um, he was a senior, a senior CEO uh, of, uh, in, a, in a multinational. And I was actually working on him, helping him prepare for to kind of communicate to his organization. And I said, well, we need, we need to kind of get some of you into this story, right? What is it you stand for? Mm-hmm. And we dug into his story. When he was... Um, uh, I guess 18 or so, he was all scheduled. His, he came from a military family. He was going to go into the army or into the military kind of leadership. And he went to the officer training course or whatever it was, or initial orientation session or something. And he said he was so put off by the elitism that was shown to him because he came from a military family compared with other people who hadn't got the same kind of family credentials or background that he felt this was so unjust that he was being treated better or had more opportunities than these other people that he left. He totally shifted his life trajectory and went into a totally different industry uh, because he was so viscerally repulsed, if you like, by this, um, this hierarchy uh, and favoritism. And so, and it's been no secret that in his business, he's really championed diversity and inclusion and this sense of, equality in his organization right he never really connected it though to his story but it was something that was really important to him that came from his experiences and therefore he was not going to move on right he was not he was never going to stand for that you know it cost him right he left you know he left school or whatever to go and do something different so that's what I'm saying it's something that you stand for so much Mm -hmm. that you're prepared to suffer for it and therefore that's my question today is what do you stand for Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so are you thinking about examples for um, the way we balance work and life, for example? You know, if I'm to think of my own situation, when we moved from one city to another with teenagers, I made a conscious decision to step back and not work quite so hard to make sure that they transitioned and made that transition smoothly. And people mm-hmm. talk about the risk to a mental health of, of young people when you move them at that sort of time. And I thought, well, if I'm on aeroplanes all the time and I'm not there, then how do I make sure, how do I know that they're really on a really sensible, healthy path in, you know, in the midst? of this challenge. So I deliberately dialed my business back for a year while I allowed that to happen. So that cost me in terms of my business. It didn't cost me in terms of my family. It absolutely, you know, helped us have a a great transition and helped us move forward Mm -hmm. in that sort of regard. So I guess that's an example that comes to mind when you're talking about, you know, what will you suffer for? My career suffered, but didn't really feel like suffering. It was a very, very easy decision to make for me but there's, but there's a cost right but the cost but it, it hopefully will be an easy cost because 
it's what you stand for. So I suppose that mm. I like to mm. describe it as a core conviction. So you can, you, know, you can say like my mm. core conviction is that um, you know, every child needs their parents to be physically present during their formative years or whatever, right? And therefore that applies to you. So that's what you, it's the choice that you make, but it would also, if it's a core conviction, it would then apply to the way that you manage your team, for example, right? Mm, because it absolutely. kind of applies to you, right? It has to, if it's a core mm. conviction, it's mm. like, no, what I stand for is parents building families and not like letting work um, put their children onto the second pedestal. And therefore mm. I want to see, an, I, want my, I want my organization to live that right it's not just words on a page for me it's it's really important mm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna like f- pretty much force my my people to go home and see their families at the end of the day right i'm not or I'm not allow them to make that yes. choice and not necessarily right. i'm not necessarily going to impose that on them because i don't that would also impinge i think on one of my values mm. but i would allow and make make that very possible for them right. should they wish yeah, to do that exactly. i'd encourage them to do that but i don't think i have a right yeah. to well, you can't force that I, force is the wrong that word they do that no right. no but the, but the no. point is if it's yeah. is important to you people are going to know in your organization that this mm. is what you believe and this is what you are mm. kind of recommending to them mm. right mm. Absolutely. So what about you? Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's checklist for challenging times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, back to the conversation. What about you? So what do I stand for? What will you suffer for? Yeah. So let me kind of um, take you back into my story, actually, perhaps. Mm. Um, So... Um, well, let me give you the headline and then I'll give you the story. So I think on one level, you know, one of the things I, I, I really stand for is fulfilling your potential. Uh, you know, I guess my core conviction is that when we have gifts, talents, resources, uh, skills, right, uh, and we're in a position to use those, then we, we kind of owe it to the world to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of my fundamental thing okay so and the and how that works out right again is I left my corporate career to create this business where I really stand for you know maximizing people's impact right hitting the maximize button on competent leaders to make them even more impactful and do more good in the world and in their organizations and create better results and everything else um it's not just about the money right financial reward is part of it for you know for everybody right you need finance it's the fuel that makes everything work in many ways but the end game for me is always impact uh, and I want that to be the end game for my clients so um but if you go into the story my sister's mentally handicapped she's still at home uh she can't speak actually she's now physically handicapped as well a long story so she can't walk um she's had epilepsy she's got autism she's incredibly uh, handicapped okay and so in parallel 
know, we started off in the same house as brother and sister. You know, I then went to Oxford. I then went to Paris, you know, became a partner in a consulting company, went to Cisco, set up my own business, flew around the world, all this stuff. So these very two different trajectories. Mm. Mm. And so for me, there's this visceral thing in me, which is if you can do all that stuff, if you get this incredible opportunity, um, don't fritter it away on just making your life comfortable because not everybody gets that chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, my mother, she died at age 50, 59. Um, she actually had an incredible impact. She, um, she ran the charity that was responsible for my, my sister's condition <laughs> in the UK. Uh, she never wanted to really do it. She wanted to just be a mother. That was her kind of ambition in life. But because of life events, she ended up, you know, obviously working with this charity. And she had an incredible impact. So when she died very young, there were thousands of cards that came in and people writing to her saying how much she'd impacted them when they were a new parent and they just had their kid diagnosed. There was um there was a, a fund set up, you know, a fund set up in her honor when she died. People donated to it and <clears throat> it was able to pay for you know, respite care for, for families who had handicapped mm. children. So all this impact came out of somebody mm. who was living a quite a modest life in, in many ways, but was really committed to, to service and, and to helping, right? And therefore, these two examples in my very close family of like, you know, you can have this massive impact yeah. through service and not everybody gets the choice, to, chance to do that it really mm-hmm. drive me, right? So if I see somebody who's kind of like incredibly competent and all they're focused on is, you know, just their own, just worried about their own financial future, even though that they're, they're clearly capable of always providing for themselves, you know, I'm always trying to going to push them out of their comfort zone and say, you know, how are you serving your organization? How are you serving <laughs> the world, you know, how are you going to make the world a better place? It's not just about the financials, right? How can you maximize your impact? So that's, I suppose, what I'm standing for, I suppose. And that's kind of why. So I'm, I'm trying to show the link here between you go into your story mm. and you come up with something mm. which is, which is visibly important, right? So I guess my core conviction is that, you know, we all have a new level. We, you know, we thrive when we change and when we grow. That playing safe and, and, and staying in your comfort zone is never really a good idea <laughs> you know mm. um this is all who i am yeah absolutely and you can see that in in all the work you do too so that that notion of our personal history can be quite deeply personal too can't it when we start to unpack that and um, really think about what it is that drives us and i love the way you're describing there about how you don't want to fritter away that opportunity that you've been right. given to actually help other people and um, i think there's there's a deep there's a backstory with that for me too around why do i work with people who communicate complex ideas and why yeah. do i really love helping people who really struggle to you know, distill out the key, the key message that they've got and actually convey that. And mm. perhaps people who feel like they're quite misunderstood. And um, I can relate that to a very person. I'm not going to share the detail of it, but, you know, someone particularly in my family who really struggled with that, who was terribly misunderstood because they didn't mm. have great um, communication skills. And, um, you know, it can make such a difference when you do have the luck or the good fortune to actually be given an opportunity, perhaps a framework or some skills that you can then grab and run with and help other people use. It's enormously so, satisfying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah enormously so let me, satisfying. Let me slow you down on that, Dav. So, um, 
so I think that there's these two levels. One is to really get clear about what those things are, you know, those, those core convictions. And, you, you know, I would say have, you know, you might come up with three, right? You might, you know, if you push yourself, you might come up with five, but I would say like, you know, you might just be one, but it's something which you really feel like these are the, your defining beliefs. You can't kind of get beyond those, you know, you've, you've got to the mm -hmm. fundamentals here. It's not something that you can prove. It's just something that you stand for. Um, and once you know those, then they, those are going to start to help you come out of your comfort zone and into what I call your greatness yes. zone. Get over that. What will people think, uh, et cetera? You know, what have I got to lose here? Uh, and you get out into, no, I'm on fire when I'm thinking about this. And hopefully you even hear mm -hmm. in my voice when I'm talking about these things. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's really what I'm about, right? This is not just a marketing mm -hmm. tactic. It's, it's kind of, I say, if you cut me through like a stick of rock, you know, you're going to find impact or something you know like as a, as a core desire tattooed under driver. your armpit or something Richard <laughs> there we go tattooed I'll do that I will do that and I'll, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Good job. this is mainly a podcast right people get to yeah, yeah. Um, but here's the other thing is there is also a power in being able to share that um, and so you know, I've got to stage. I didn't always do it, right? But I'm going to stage. Well, I will share about my sister, and my mother. As these are like these are drivers. Again, it's not a marketing tactic. I don't want to use my family as a as a marketing device. But in terms of if people want to know who I am and what makes me tick, those are two core core mm. influences, right? On on my life. And so, you know, when you said I don't want to share it, that's fine. I'm not going to push you to share it, mm. right? But I would say, mm -hmm. well, what mm -hmm. is it like? What is it that you could share? And you might better share something slightly anonymized or, mm. you know, so obviously you might mm. want to protect other people, mm. right? So there could be a way of doing it. Mm. But mm. there is a power in saying, um, you yeah, know, this is why I, this is what I stand for and this is why and, and going back to it. And it might not be around, you know, the actual field that you're in, right? Say it might not be around why mm, I stand mm. for clear communication, right? It might be, I mean, obviously mm, it's a key mm. skill of yours, but it might also be something else. You might be saying, well, actually, you know, I stand for, um, you know, I stand for, um, um, you know, um, um, you know, you know, like never, never, um, you know, always being there for my team, whatever it takes, or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It could be something else that's that's different, mm -hmm. but you know that it's something that is true. That you will be on the phone at three o'clock in the morning to your team if they need you. If that's something that's oh, so that one's a stretch. So cool. My phone's very off. <laughs> it's very, very off at night. There, there's something I stand for, and that's that's sleep. Um, but no, I think just sort of coming back. So I, it's not that I stand for clear communication. I do, right? But I see that as a tool. Mm. I, don't, I don't see that as being the end game. Mm. I don't think, you know, clear conversations or clear documents are necessarily, um, you know, the thing that I'm standing for. I think what I'm standing for is, is and going out of my way to do is to help people who find it very difficult to be clear and to help unleash their potential. You know, that's the thing that I love to do mm. and, and I think is, is really important. To me, it's really, um, really upsetting when people have great ideas that they just don't get forward because they don't have the skills to actually get the idea out there. And so I, I, I don't like seeing people really stuck um, because they can't um, communicate the, the thing that really matters to them that might be a really good idea. I hate seeing really good ideas go to waste. Right. But, so um, more, just, but more particularly, I hate 
that people with really good ideas mm. don't have the ability, just don't have the skill mm. to, or don't know how to make the most of those ideas and, and share them with the world. So they don't make the most of themselves. You know, I really, mm. you know, think it's really important that um, I do what I can to help other people make the most of themselves. Yeah. So if you kind of formulate that a bit, it's, it's that you, I'll put words in your mouth, so I might get it wrong, mm, but. Go ahead. You'd like, be better I, at it than I am. I'm sure. No, but it's like, I, you know, so it's kind of fundamentally like, you know, so what do you believe, right? You know, that's how you, mm. so I, I believe that, um, that people, um, you know, people fulfill their, their potential and have the biggest impact on the world, you know, mm. when they can communicate their best ideas powerfully. Okay, yeah. Something yeah, like okay, that. yeah. Right. Or, yeah. I, you know, or, I, or I believe yeah. that the world would be, be a better place if the best people got to share their ideas more effectively or yeah. something like that. Because then yeah. what you're doing is you're tying into what do I believe will make the world a better place, right? Like, what do I believe is so important that I want to be part of that? And that I'm, I'm prepared to, you know, make myself look a fool in order to help people do that. I'm prepared to give up some of my spare time. I'm prepared yeah. to perhaps take a hit yeah. on, you know, maximizing my personal income, you know, because mm-hmm. there's somebody over here that I feel I can help make a world a better place by helping them. I don't know if it's something like that. I don't know. How does that resonate? It's, it's, it's a little bit, I think you, you sort of said help the best people. I think often I'm helping those who, are, who don't see themselves as the best mm-hmm. and possibly who other people don't see as the best either and then you know finding the gems within them so they can flourish and they can be seen as the best so people who have that potential that's hidden I think that's that's where I really love to play and um, particularly those who haven't come from an elite background Mm. who haven't gone to the best schools who haven't been given Mm. every opportunity but actually just keep trying you know Mm. the ones who really give it a red hot go and um, they're often not the brightest they're just really persistent and um, really determined to have a really good crack at it yeah that's great so there's something in there right about helping Mm. people um, you know it might be that you you know I believe that the um, you know that people can thrive you know um you know when you know when they're you know people thrive when their ideas are heard and and acknowledged Mm. or something like that right so Mm. you might want to play with it but I think when you kind of really but there's something there right that we start to get that Mm. and you start to go yeah this Mm. is it right like when I'm doing this work it's important because it's taking somebody and it's 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 changing their life in some way because they get to yeah. communicate their their best yeah. their best thinking in a way that actually makes a difference yeah to go right. from being misunderstood to being understood right yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah. yeah at a personal level not just around a topic yeah yeah I think those two things go together yeah so this is it right so perhaps we can leave the discussion at this point um we've talked a bit about some of our uh, our points um, you start to see as you go into this and you really tie it in, um, perhaps looking at your story, but it's trying to find the thing which really gets to that sense of legacy, I think, and, um, and values. It's, it's all of this. But what will you stand for? 
and what will you suffer for? And what are your core convictions that you will stand by even when they hurt? I think those, that's Absolutely. a key question that every leader should be asking themselves because it will release commitment in you and actually will release commitment in the people around you as well, your people, right, who want to be with you on the journey. No, beautiful. I think it's a really fabulous question and, and quite a challenging one. So I thank you for asking me that today. I didn't know what the question was until we got here today. So now I've, I've really enjoyed spending a little bit of time thinking about that and we'll take it away and think some more. So um, look, thank you for that. And for those of you who would like to get the show notes, please visit um, the website um, www.xquadrant.com slash podcast. And you can find the details of this and also other podcasts that have been shared through this series and then also previous ones so thank you so much everybody for being with us today we've really enjoyed this challenging question and I for one look forward to hearing what the next question is in the next episode and um, hearing what Richard's got for us in that yeah fantastic um yeah well let's leave that a surprise and people will will find out uh, next week and um thanks again Dad. it's been a good conversation and speak to you uh, next time terrific look forward to it Richard goodbye I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.